Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Another hero joined the company. It was none other than Elric's youthful and impetuous friend, Colin McGregor of the Clan McGregor. Arriving at Daggerford, our party found chaos at the city gate. Weary refugees and squirmy guards was a recipe for disaster. But thanks to our hero's chivalry, quick wit, and a very pregnant woman... They gained entrance to the city and a date with the constable. The party made a new friend in a lucky halfling named Curran. The wannabe cleric showed our heroes around the town in his favorite watering hole, the Lady Luck Tavern. Drinks were poured and waitresses threatened. And to Jake's chagrin, Lady Luck blessed Elric with a wrinkly prize. A new ally emerged, Jack Ironfist. A dwarf who is also intrigued by the mysteriously missing bloke. And this is where we left our heroes. Drinking, gambling, and literally climbing the walls. What will our heroes do as they wait for Sir Estival to return? Will they remember their appointment with Constable Sherlin? Will they help Jake convert some locals to the word of Agma? Or will they spend their days skivvy shopping with Cullen? Who knows? Let's find out in this week's episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. All right, so after last night of partying and drinking and gambling and throwing dice and winning maps. Uh, you guys uh, retired back to your rooms at the River Shining Tavern, and it is the next morning, and uh, you guys wake up, and uh, it's a new day. What do you guys want to do? We'll go right. get breakfast. Okay. I'm going to go in the hallway, and I'm going to find, you know how there's always the housekeeping people in the hallway? <laughs> okay. I'm like, over here. And I'm going to ask the housekeeper person if we, you know, if we don't want to eat here because we don't have sticks up our asses and we want to go somewhere where there's good food. And she was just like, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) We want to be like Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Yes, she does give you a look like she knows exactly what you mean. And she tells you that she recommends the Happy Cow Tavern. Happy Happy Cow Tavern. Yes, it's a quaint little place owned by the hard cheese halflings, and it is filled with friendly folk and wonderful down-home cooked meals. And if you like cheese, it's definitely the place to go. Ooh, cheese, cheese hash. And then I give her like a copper piece. Oh, thank you. Cheesy potatoes. Cheesy potatoes. Like like a yield cracker barrel. Yield cracker barrel. Yield cracker barrel. With an E at the end of yield cracker barrel. Cracker barrel. Rocking chairs out front. Is that where you guys want to go? Sure. They got that game that I could never get right. 
All right, so you guys go down to the front desk and the concierge there. He's like, hello, how was your night? It was great. It was really great, except for there was this funny-looking curly hair, like, on the sink. But it's no big deal. It's, we're not upset about it. I say it really loud so that everybody <laughs> can hear. But I'm sure it was He's, nothing. He suddenly gets a horrified look on his face as he nervously... Uh, looks around the room. Uh, yes, well, um, uh, should we put your party down for another night? I know that you like having classy people like us here. So yeah, why don't we do that? Yeah. Very well. Would you like me to re- get you a table for breakfast? Uh, you know what? We're going to go over to the stinky cheese place. Mmm, fitting. <laughs> Enjoy your day. All right, so you guys head out into Daggerford and ask some people for directions, and you eventually find the Happy Cow Tavern. So you go in, and it is, like you guys were thinking, ye old Cracker Barrel. It's decorated with old farm implements and many paintings of happy halflings milking cows and making cheese. And it is a quaint setting filled with friendly common folk talking about farming and as you enter there's a counter full of cheese more cheese than you guys have seen in your whole lives Mm. the place must smell wonderful so uh we sit down i suppose um Mm -hmm. and i asked the uh serving person if they could grab a a booster for our friend over here (laughs) And then she's going to whack in the back of the head. We're not sitting at hobbit size. Haven't you learned anything, boy? (laughs) In all of these years, you're still trying to be a boy. Booster is going to need a booster. (laughs) Swear to God. So I want want to wait the waitress over and order a plate of cheesy Faerun fries. Okay. I want the omelet. And these newfangled things they call flapjacks. 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 I think they're called flapjacks. They're so new. You invented them. Flapjacks. 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 I'm going to order a hot cup of coffee. And you guys sit down and have breakfast and uh, discuss your plans for the day. Don't we need to go to the um Sherland, the guardhouse. We have to go to Sherland, but we also have to go to where the construction is, where the bloke guy is. Yeah, at the uh the temple. The temple. Yeah. We need to speak to Luke Sunbright. So um so which one are we going to first? We're going to see Sherland first and then we'll double back to the um temple. Well the temple, temple. is sure. definitely on the way uh to the jail. Oh, but before okay. we leave, I, I want to stop and get myself a nice wedge of, of, of hard traveling cheese. Okay. Okay. Supplement my rations. Cool. And so we're going to exit through the gift shop and we'll <laughs> we'll pick up some uh, cheese. Hard rock candy. Hard rock candy. <laughs> and a model of a John Deere tractor. <laughs> Hillbilly flashlight, which is a match on a stick. Hillbilly flashlight. <laughs> I want jawbreakers. 
All right, so uh, you guys want to go to the temple or go straight yeah. to the jail? Uh, let's go to the temple since it's on the way. Okay. So you head for the temple, Curran pointed it out yesterday, and this beautifully gilded structure called Morning Glow Tower is Daggerford's Temple to Amantur. Standing over the rest of the town, it shines proudly on a hill, right next to the outer walls of the Duke's castle. It is decorated with rosy stones and glittering quartz, creating the image of a shining sun. For Amanatur is the deity of order, law, time, and the sun. And you can tell as you approach that this is where the Duke worships because it's made of money. It's beautiful and expensive looking. This is no humble chapel for the common folk. And you enter the temple and it is no less fancy or beautiful on the inside. Stained glass windows show the sun shining on the land and loyal believers of Amanatur. You also notice that part of the interior is being renovated, and you get the feeling that this is where Alvin is, uh, what Alvin is working on. And you also get the feeling that he's pretty good at his craft because the carvings he is sculpting into the walls are quite beautiful. You then notice someone towards the back of the temple a priestly-looking man in white robes with gold trim and a golden sun emblazoned on the front of it. He is scribing something in a large tome. Good day, sir. He hears that, and annoyed, he turns to you. (laughs) And then he looks you four over and sighs. The harvest house is down the street. And then he turns back to what he was doing. Oh, we're not looking for the Harvest House. We are wanting to ask you about... Um, Alvin Gisson. Alvin Gisson. Have you seen Alvin Gisson? I know that he was told... We were told that he works here, and, and he's supposed to be working here. You know that's, where he is? That's right. He is supposed to be working here, and he's not. Do you know where he is? Because I'm looking for him. Uh, no, well, that's why we're we, talking uh, to you. Because, yeah. We're so looking he, for him, too. Did he not show up to work? No, he didn't show up to work. He's late. He was supposed to be here hours ago. When was the last time you saw him? He was here yesterday working on the on the tower, and he's not here today. And I pay that man quite well to do his work here, and I expect him to be on time. Can I ask, do you know where he lives? We could perhaps bring him up and see what's going on over there. Well, he stays at the Sivirus. He stays at, He stays at the Sivirus. Sivirus. Ew. Yikes. He stays at the Sivirus. He stays at the Silver Flood Inn. He's probably there sleeping it off from a night of drinking or whoring. Mm. Hmm. Is that the kind of guy he is? You know a lot about that, don't you? <laughs> he says, "He says, look at this. This place is a disaster. It's a mess. It needs to be fixed up before I can have us uh, services here. And if you go to the Silver Flood Inn, you tell Alvin to get his butt in here right away." Okay. 
Okay. okay. We'll go find him. Are we going to find him now, or are we going to talk to Sherlin? I think we're going to talk to Sherlin. Okay. Well. Roy, Roy, let's go. So you make your way through Daggerford's busy streets and alleyways and eventually find the constable's office. And you can see that right next to it is the Silver Flood Inn. And so you enter the office and it's a small room with some tables and chairs and a large desk. And sitting at the desk, with her elbows on the desk and her head in her hands, sits Sherlin. What's up, Shirley? She immediately looks up as you enter, and you can tell that something is heavy on her mind. And as you come up to the desk, she stands and says, I'd like to ask you a question. Why have you come to Daggerford? We're looking for Sir Istival. Yeah, That's we're why we're here. Sir we are business but, Sir so are you guys friends of Sir Istival, or did he send for you? What's your business with Sir Istival? Lord Albion has sent us here to meet with him. Who? I bristle a little, but I say nothing. It's a fiefdom to the south. You wouldn't have heard of it. Though it is the greatest land in all of Morrowind or wherever we're at. What is this planet? (laughs) Faerun is the continent. Faerun! Wait, so why are you guys here? Did Sir Istival send for you? Yes, he did. Well, here's the deal. We're here to see Sir Istival, and I don't see any signs on the wall that say we have to tell you why. Mm. We are here. We are at your service if you need help with something. We're not here to do any harm or foul, but we don't necessarily need to tell you exactly why you need to see Sir Istival, other than that it's very important and that we are trying to help. So that is what our that is why we are here. Is there a reason why you wanted to see us today? That was, uh, yeah, you know, I you said that you needed to see us today, and so we show up. But I, I do you interrogate all of your guests that arrive in this town. Well, I wouldn't say I'm interrogating you. I'm just asking your business in Daggerford, seeing as I'm the constable of this town, that it right. is my business to know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know people who come in and then cause riots at my front door that, you know, I might want to know why they're I'm here. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. It was, your, it was your guy. It was your who man caused the riot. Caused the riot. Have you right. ever seen First Blood? It Jeez, was the damn it was sheriff that. is always causing trouble. It certainly wasn't us. It's always that damn sheriff. What are you going to drive us out to the... Like, yeah. <laughs> The riots were caused by your orders of keeping everybody out and uh, by your guy firing into the crowd. That's what caused all the chaos. We happened to show up at the wrong wrong time. Yes, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Your kindness towards the refugees shows the quality of your character. And it's definitely a rare sentiment these days. It's just that, well... Things have changed since yesterday's incident at the gate. And she gestures for you to follow her. And she takes you through a door that uh, leads to another room with several jail cells. And the cells are empty except one. That cell door is open and lying on the floor 
is the body of the soldier that panicked at the gate. Sherlin points and says, I found Grangle dead this morning. He hung himself last night. I think something foul is going on here. Did you notice um, whether or not the lock to the cell was maybe perhaps picked or fiddled with? It was locked this morning when I got there. And there was no sign of any kind of... um, Necromancy? Necromancy. (laughs) Magic. (laughs) I mean, I guess that you wouldn't... uh, He was bewitched! It was bewitched. I did not see anything like that. Can I examine the the scene and look for any suspicious footprints or? Yeah, yeah. If you if you want to investigate the crime scene, you would use investigation. If you want to investigate the body, then it would be a medicine check. I want I to investigate the crime scene. Okay. I want to investigate the body. Let me try. Oop. I got a negative one. Ah, two. Yes. So, Cullen, you rolled a two in your investigation, and you say, yes, there is a dead body in here. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do much better. Man was hanged. And Elric, you rolled your investigation, and you look at Cullen, and you both nod. Yep, he's dead. dead. (laughs) So, Jake, you rolled a 14 on your medicine check as you examine the body, and you definitely see the bruises around uh, his neck from a belt. Other than that, you find nothing else suspicious or out of the ordinary. Okay. And Esmir, you rolled a 22 on your investigation. So you go through this cell with a fine-tooth comb. You see the belt hanging from the cell window bars and the knocked uh, over bench he used to reach the small window up there. And you even examine the cell lock, and it seems in perfect condition like it wasn't... uh, jimmied with or anything like that so you find nothing um that sticks out that contradicts the scene before you how uh how does a guy go from uh just a little crazy to suicidal i'm sure you spoke to him afterward why yes i did and he was very remorseful about what he had done and was fully prepared to face the consequences and make amends for his actions but by no means did I sense that he would kill himself. But what I find disturbing, and you two mentioned bewitched earlier, when I was talking to him and trying to calm him down and find out what had happened, he told me that he had heard a woman's voice in his head telling him to shoot. And he told me that the voice sounded familiar, but malevolent. Yeah. So he heard a voice in his head, but he was fine afterwards. I mean, he seemed to be... Well, he seemed to be himself just very sad and upset and remorseful at what had happened and confused as to what had happened. But not suicidal. I'm very surprised that this had happened. I did not expect it. Okay. Does she seem on the up and up? You can roll your insight. I'm not saying I think she could have done it, but, you know. Ooh. Mm. So you rolled a 21, and you definitely get the feeling that she is very upset about what is happening and is telling the truth that 
Um, she's quite shocked about the entire situation. All right, all right. She's not. She's not trying to hide anything. Um, but let a... me ask you something. Uh, just out of curiosity, this this um, this guard, this unfortunate situation with this guard of yours, uh, was he? Um, how long has he been here? <laughs> well, he's been under my command for quite a while now. Okay. Does, Does he, he have a friend? Have anyone he consorts with? Well, being his superior officer, I don't really know that much about him or his personal life, but he did have lots of friends among the militia. If you go down to the drill fields, I'm sure you'll be able to find someone there who will be able to tell you uh, more about him. So, Sherlyn, tell me something. You seem like you're an astute lady. Do you think there's some sort of connection between these events that have been happening, chaos in the fields, this stupid bloke thing getting stolen, causing the dumb Duke guy, I mean the Duke, the wonderful Duke, to close this town off? Doesn't that seem like there's something... I don't believe in coinky-dinkies, you know what I'm saying? How do you feel about it? Because you're a detective part-time, right? She seems to think about that for a moment and then says, well, I don't know if there's any connection, uh, but I do know that what's going on out there is having a negative effect on Daggerford, Mm -hmm. like the constant flow of refugees and the lack of trade on the river. If this keeps up, Daggerford will be doomed. And Sir Istival seems to be the only one who realizes this and cares. And since you say you're friends of Sir Estival, I'd like to offer you a job. The Duke is giving a reward for mercenaries to travel to Jolkin and find out what, if anything, is going on there. Ooh. Mm. It is 50 miles upriver, and since river traffic has stopped as well as shipments from Jolkin, that would be the first place to investigate. Since you say you're here to help, Perhaps this is something you could take on while you wait for Sir Istival to return from Waterdeep. Sure. I don't see that why not. Like something we'd be interested yeah. in doing. What is our reward? The reward is 25 gold per mercenary. Hmm. Seems a little bit light. It does. Could we do better than that? <laughs> what, what word has come from there already? What do you know of what has happened? That's the thing, is that no word has come from there. Uh-huh. And that's what has us uh, worried. Can I try persuasion Usually, to get her to pay us more? Uh, you could uh, try, but she's uh, going to tell you that that's what the Duke's offering, and she doesn't have the power to change that. Oh, yeah. never mind. Cool. We should probably just go to the River Shining Tavern. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the Silver Flood Inn. Silver Flood Silver Inn. Flood. Oh. Right, the tavern is Talk where we to, uh, last night. Uh, that's, that's our top priority. Drill field's right next. You can't miss it. There's South. lots of clinging and clanging of swords and armor, and yeah. uh, that's where our soldiers train. Drill's being done. All right, so as you guys are starting to uh, leave the jail and Sherlin, she stops you guys, and she says, oh, hold on, wait, I almost forgot. 
Sir Istival left me these maps in case any adventurers were willing to uh, help out with the troubles while he was gone. And she hands you a map of the surrounding area of like the Delambeer Vale. So it's the whole area around here. She says, hopefully these can help you uh, get to Jolkin. Hey, sure, sure. Yes. <laughs> I, I have a couple more questions for you. Thanks for the maps, by the way. That was really nice. Um, we're, we're helping out that pregnant couple. And uh, I think even like, even if they had enough money, like we don't really want to stay at that snooty loser hotel. Oh, it's a fine hotel. It's very it's nice. It's a fine hotel. Anywho, is there somewhere you could recommend? Is there someone who takes in maybe someone who might be a midwife or something like that where we can uh, help her, help them move to a different location? Who do you think's got the heart and maybe a little extra room to take in a pregnant couple? And she thinks about it for a second and she's like, well, you know, Sasha at the Lizard's Gizzard would be the first person that comes to my mind and might be someone you would want to discuss this with. Okay. I'm not saying she will, but if anyone would take in a, a pregnant lady, um, my first thought would be Sasha. Sasha. She's on the up and up? Yes. She has taken uh, quite a, uh interest in helping the refugees especially uh, women uh, who are in need and um, uh, need a place to stay or need a place to uh, be safe. The Lizard's Gizzard, you say? Mm-hmm. It's uh, okay. right across the street from the River Shining Tavern. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, just be forewarned, she's a half-orc, so don't be taken aback when you first see her. She's a little scary. Mm. People is people, I always say. All right, so Sherlin tells you that Jolkin is three and a half days on horseback, and if Sir Istival returns before you do, she will tell him of your journey to Jolkin. Then she thanks you for your help in Daggerford's time of need and to see her when you return. Good luck and safe travels. Okay. When we go outside, the first thing I want to do is go by that window and look for footprints. Okay. Because I, I think that someone came to the window and went, asha, 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 asha. Well, they were doing it from a distance, or they were in the crowd. No, I mean, the second time. Yeah, I'm just wondering if the first time they were in the crowd. Yeah. Okay, so you go around back and investigate around the cell window. So go ahead and roll me an investigation check. Okay. Okay, pretty good roll, a 15. But Daggerford is so busy and so crowded that... Uh, even in the back alleys here, that you cannot discern any unique footprints or anything, really. Okay. Um, okay, so before we just go traipsing off to another um, tavern or inn or whatever, we need to wake up Alvin Gisson and go and talk to him. Okay. Yeah, that's the next thing that. we were going to do. Okay. Right next door. It's right next yep. door. 
Okay, so you make your way back around to the main street and come up to a building that has a wooden sign hanging over the door and it says Silver Flood Inn. And next to it is a painting of a mining pickaxe. And when you walk in, the decor matches. It's all based around uh, mining. Um, so there's lots of mining implements and kind of a mining theme going on here. Everything is kind of uh, covered in like a, in silver, uh, but you can tell right away that it's not real silver. And it's all just part of the decor. And you also see, as you look around this, the, the main common room here, that it is also doubling as a large sleeping chamber. Wherever there's empty space along the walls, between uh, tables, around the fireplace, there are bedrolls and improvised beds. So it's like the overrun of refugees? Yeah, you, you get the idea that the owners of this establishment have allowed refugees to stay here, either out of charity or if these are refugees who have a little bit of money, you don't know, but it is packed. Okay. Someone should tell them they do not have to live like a refugee. Mm. So we need we need to talk to the ownership. Do we see anybody busily about the place? Yes, there's someone busily back there working behind a counter. Good day. Good day. Are you good a man day. or a woman? I said good day. <laughs> That's not a good opener. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, it's definitely a man, and he turns to you, and a human man, and he turns to you and he says, Good day, good day. How can I help you find folks? As you can see, we're out of space for rooms, um, but if you'd uh, like me to whip you up something for breakfast, I'd be more than happy to. Well, we already ate, but I tell you what, we could use some information. Can you furnish us with that? Well, I don't know. Depends on what you're asking. We're looking for Alvin Gisson. Hmm. Alvin does have a room here. Well, has he been in or out of it today? Is he, have you seen him this morning? He never showed up to work. Hmm. No, I, I haven't seen him. Well, his boss is pretty upset uh, that he didn't show up. He's got a mess over there at the temple, you know. Hmm. And I'm his cousin's nephew's uncle's friend's neighbor's friend. Oh. Sister's. Oh, they go back a long way. Yeah. <laughs> Is it okay if we go upstairs and knock on the door? Yeah, sure. Be my guest. Go on upstairs. It's room three. Walk upstairs. Be mindful, though. He might be with his girlfriend, so... Girlfriend, you say? Don't walk girlfriend. in on any th on any whoopee going on. What's this girlfriend's name, girlfriend. you know? His girlfriend's name is Nazia. 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 Thank you very much. We're going to head upstairs and knock on the door. Okie dokes. Okay. I'll trundle up there. All right. So you go up there and. I'm going to listen at the door. Uh, you listen at the door and you don't hear anything. It's quiet. Is the door unlocked? No, the door is locked. Alvin! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you knock on the door and you wait and you hear no sound and there's no answer. 
All right, so I'm going to go back downstairs and then be like, hey, we're a little bit worried about Alvin. Can we? Can you just open the door for us? You can watch us. We're not here to steal from him. We're just worried because I'm his cousin's nephew's friends. Hmm. So you're his cousin's uncle's nephew's brother's former roommate. Girlfriend's roommate's friends. But more than that, we're worried nephews. about his well-being. Maybe. Sure. Let's go up and see. Let's make sure he's okay. And he grabs some keys from behind the counter. And he goes up there. Thanks. You're all right. And uh, you guys go up there and he opens the door. And you guys walk in and there's no one in there. Mm. Just as I suspected. Okay, I'm going to investigate the room. Okay. I'm going to look to see if there was any sort of commotion. Okay. Just uh, go ahead and roll me an investigation check. Right, and I mean, just by taking a glance at the bed itself, does it look like the sheets are strewn all over the place? Is it made? Is the bed made or was it slept in? The bed is made. So that means that he either either this room service has already been there, or but if they haven't, that means that he was never slept there that night. Cullen rolls a six on his investigation, and it's like, yep, this is a room in an inn. <laughs> and Elric rolls a ten, and he's like, nods. Yep, you're right. It's a room. <laughs> and uh, Esmir, you rolled a 13, and you look around the room, and you notice ex- what uh, Jake points out, is that the bed is still made. And you also, uh, your search and investigation of the room turns up very little. Um, but you do see that uh, his stuff is still here. And uh, he's, you even found a coffer in his room that contained uh, some coinage. Mm. Mm. The innkeeper uh, follows you guys in, and he also takes a look around and chimes in. Well, obviously, he hasn't skipped town. His stuff is still here. And besides, his rent is paid up for two ten-day now. Okay. And he didn't spend the night here. Probably spent the night at his girlfriend's place, you know what I mean? Yeah, young couples and all. Where does she stay now? Where was it? Oh, yes, the lizard's gizzard. Maybe you could see if Alvin's there. Right, right. Tis the second time we've heard that today. The lizard gizzard. I'm going to call her Nastia and not Nazia. She felt Nastia. All right, so you guys uh, leave the Silver Flood and you start making your way to the drill field. But as you turn the corner, you see a crowd of people gathered at the shanties and some kind of commotion is happening. Mm, I'm going to hurry over there and see what they're all gawking at. Okay. As you get closer, you suddenly see Curran. The halfling is leaning up against a building right across the street from the shanties smoking his pipe, and watching the crowd and the commotion. How is it that every time when we come across a commotion, you're right there? (laughs) Is this part of your luck? to be where things are happening. Is this what Lady Luck bestows upon you? Yeah, I guess I'm always at the right place at the right time. Commotions are a sign of trouble. This is what your goddess of luck will do. What is going on here? (laughs) Yeah, what is going on? Well, it seems the Duke is at it again. 
This time he's searching the shanties for his bloke. He's got his soldiers kicking the tenants out and searching each shack. From where you're standing, you can see a large group of upset people outside the shanties. And in the midst of this crowd, you see ducal soldiers trying to keep the crowd at bay. And in front of the shanties, you see two people on horseback. I'm going to go up close enough to hear, to speak to them and overhear everything they're saying. Okay, so you make your way into the crowd. From here, you can get a better look at the people on horseback. You see the Duke. The Duke is a handsome man, not quite middle-aged. He has brown hair with a short beard and mustache and piercing blue eyes. He is dressed in fine clothes made from exotic cloths that you can tell, being from a noble house, that these cloths are imported from all around the world. And you also take notice of the sword that hangs on his side. It has an exquisitely crafted golden hilt with a red ruby inset where the guard meets the blade. The woman on the other horse has white hair put into a long braid down her back. Her face, though, looks young, and her eyes are also a piercing blue. She's not dressed in fineries like the Duke. Instead, she's equipped in expensive armor that bears the sigil of Daggerford. Who's the pretty lady, by the way? Well, Curran tells you that that is Lady Morwen Daggerford. That is the Duke's sister. The Duke has appointed her his Master of Arms, which gives her military command of the castle. And as you make your way into the crowd and get closer, you hear the Duke up on his horse say, I don't care if these people have to stand here all day. I want the bloke found. And you can tell that the Duke is very upset. His face is turning all red. And you also can see that Lady Morwen is trying to calm the Duke down, but he doesn't heed her, and he's kind of ignoring her. And then you hear her say, it's just an old stone, relax. Then in the crowd, you hear murmuring and even some (laughs) laughter. And with those words from Lady Morwen and the crowd's reaction, the Duke becomes enraged and says, this theft is an affront and none of you will make light of it. What is stolen must be returned and the thieves punished, or I'll have all of you vagabonds expelled from my domain by force. Perhaps you'll learn some gratitude outside my protection. I roll my eyes. (laughs) Hard. (laughs) You've seen one duke, you've seen them all. And the, uh, soon afterward, the... You see the ducal soldiers come out of the shanties and they're just kind of like shrugging their shoulders like, we got nothing. And the duke becomes uh, even more enraged and he just turns his horse and just starts storming back to the castle and the woman on horseback um, follows him. I say, good sir duke, before you depart, may I speak with you? And he just keeps riding. Hey, Duke, you want some help finding your bloke? And at that, the Duke's horse stops and he turns his horse back around. He's like, who said that? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm pointing aside of me pointing downward. This one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where? I don't see anyone. Who are you pointing here, at? Here, and I'm going to grab her. I'm going to grab her by... Like, no, no, no. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no. I know where your nuts are, buddy. I know where your nuts are. <laughs> Crappy-ass armor is not going to block me. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to happen. So he, he rides up and the crowd kind of parts and reveals Esmir down there. So, hey, Duke. What do you have to say about the bloke? What do you know? Spit it out. I know this. Your bloke has been stolen. Well, yes, thank you very much. No disrespect, but I feel like you might be looking in the wrong place. No disrespect. We don't know that much about your missing bloke. We're here on other business, but we do hear... We have been hearing a lot of stuff about this bloke. Who's the pretty lady, by the way? You are a really pretty lady. <laughs> the Duke is kind of taken aback by your sudden change of topics, and he looks around confused. Then, uh, then he realizes what what you're asking, and Lady Morwen is just looking at you with a straight face. Um, but you get the feeling she might be holding back a smile. Okay. I want. While I'm talking, I want to give her an up and down and see if I sense any type of magical mm. stuff on her. Things that might uh, imply that she's a magic user. Oh, things that would imply that she's a magic user? Yeah. Um, just by her looks and dress and stuff? Yeah. Okay, roll your arcana or perception, whichever one you want to roll. Whoa. Yeah. Ka-ching. Okay, natural 20. So you get a good look at her and you don't sense anything or see anything that gives off the idea that she is like a wizard or sorcerer or anything like that. Okay. I feel like you might be looking in the wrong direction. No disrespect, but it doesn't make sense that a commoner could break into your probably very well-guarded fortress and steal a probably very well-guarded artifact and then just come and live in squalor with it and just ooh, not do anything. Not to mention stay in the city. That's insane. You'd leave, wouldn't you? Especially with so much chaos. So you have nothing concrete to add to this. Just your what? theories. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the process of kind of looking a little bit, but we just got into town. We are looking for a man already that we have a name of who was, I mean, we do, right? Alvin? Alvin Gisson, yeah. Well, I know who the, Alvin is. He's the one working on the church and the one who made the copy of the bloke. Yes. Right, he made the copy of the bloke. He was the last one seen with it, correct? Yes, but he was in the castle. He never left the castle with the bloke. The, 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 the bloke was stolen after the copy was made. When Alvin finished making the copy, did someone investigate the one that was left in the castle to confirm that it was the original bloke? I did. I was the one who put it back in the display case. And I know 
my bloke when I see it. <laughs> we all know our blokes on this Okey-dokey. How well do you use your bloke? I'm sure it's quite big and beautiful, too. Okay, well, this is what we know. We know that Alvin Gisson did not report to work this morning, but left all of his belongings behind in his room. So we think that there is something amiss with this Alvin Gisson, and we would like to help try to recover your bloke. But we all feel that 25 gold pieces is not worth it. <laughs> so you're just here to try and swindle money out of me. Is that what it is? No, we're not swindling. If you want your bloke back, we're the people that can find it for you. Really? And who are you? Adventurers. We are adventurers from the South. We're asking the right questions and we're wondering the right wonders. We're not just going around shaking down poor people. He looks down at his uh, soldier, one of his soldiers. He's like, find Alvin Gisson and bring him to me. And if you folks, adventurers, find anything else or learn of anything else, you are to come to me right away. Am I clear? Um, are we being are we being commissioned for this, or are we part of the people, or are we just part of the um, bounty collectors? Because I'm not doing this for free. Then you'll not be doing it at all. And he turns his horse around and he starts to make his way back to the castle. I don't need adventurers to help me find my bloke. Okie dokie. Good luck, buddy. Just two hands and a microscope. <laughs> and I and I wink at the pretty Morwen. Okay. And she kind of keeps her eyes uh, locked onto you for an extra long beat before she turns her horse to follow uh, the duke. I take my hands in front of me and I go like this. And I say, so much for the bloke. <laughs> I can give a shit about his bloke. Wow. <laughs> I'm here to find Sir Istival. I don't know about all you guys, but suddenly this bloke thing happens. And now I like we got a good mystery. There's a lot of questions. Guard. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Let's go to Sasha's place. Yeah. The lizards, the lizards, lizards. lizards. You guys make your way up. Uh, past the shanties and head uh, back towards the lizard's gizzard and Curran kind of joins you guys and he's like, oh man, it's one thing or another. Maldwin, that duke is a selfish, arrogant man, far more interested in being respected and admired than he is at ruling the region. And, yeah, but he uh, kind of got that oozing off him a little bit. Yeah, he just enjoys... The pleasure is accorded to him by his station. He thinks he's like some big connoisseur of fine food and wine and collecting (laughs) artifacts from the Sword Coast and putting them on display in the castle. He's not anything like his forebearers. Mm. He sounds like what the kids call these days, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you guys walk up to the Lizard's Gizzard. And there is a wooden sign hanging outside the door, the entrance, that depicts a young boy gutting a lizard folk warrior with a dagger. Oh, it's the hero of Daggerford. Tyndall. Tyndall. That's that's his name. I remembered it the whole time. And you go inside, 
And you can see right away that this establishment is not like the others that you've seen here. There's no tables, no bar, no kitchen. It's exclusively for lodging. And the entire first floor here is a laundromat. And you see many people, mostly women, washing clothes. And as you come in and look around, you are approached by a large and stern looking female half-orc. She calls out to you. You folks need some laundry done? Someone need their skivvies washed? <laughs> no. I hear your name is... Sasha. Sasha. Yes, Sasha. that's my name. We were told to that you might be someone to talk to about helping out a pregnant woman and her husband who would, uh, but for our aid, be standing outside these walls. Mm, I heard about that. So you're the folks who got him in the door. Mm -hmm. And we put him up over at the fancy hoity-toity ridiculous place across the street. But it's uh, quite expensive. The River Shining Tavern. Yes, yes, very expensive. So we were hoping that you might be able to help They don't need to be in a place where they're not going to be taken care of or get any kind of attention at all because they're frowned upon for not being hoity-toity, you see. I don't want those people to be discounted from... She needs a a good midwife, too. Would you be able to help? Hmm. We would gladly give you some coin, if that's what it takes. uh, You can roll me a persuasion check, and uh, you can do it with advantage. Oh, I can do that. I would like to try. Um, Oh, you have a minus one. So you got 17. I got 18. Okay. So you guys, she thinks about it and she's like, sure. She's like, give me some coin. I can definitely find some room for her here. And definitely, I know I've got a midwife or two uh, staying here as well. We can help them out. We'll make it work. Just bring him on over. We want to talk to you about a person named Natsia. Yeah, Natsia stays here. She's She stays here, yeah. You want to talk to her? Is something wrong? Yeah, we're looking for Alvin Gissen. He hadn't show up for work this morning. Hmm, that's her new boyfriend, huh? Well, all right. Wait here. I'll go fetch her. Sasha then heads upstairs... And a few moments later, you see an attractive young woman come down the stairs. She has dark hair. She's wearing nice clothes that um, show off her feminine features. But what really catches your eye is that she has differently colored eyes. One is brown and one is blue. And she walks up to you and says, Good day. My name is Natsia. Are you the folks asking to speak with me? Yeah, we're looking for Alvin Gissen. We heard that you go about with him. And uh, he didn't show up for work this morning. Oh, my. That's so unlike him. He does love his work. He goes on and on about it, being artistic and everything. But little old Alvin is not here at the Lizard's Gizzard. He has accommodations at the Silver Flood. Did you check there? Perhaps he's ill, the poor thing. We did. When was the last time you saw him? Well, we did get together last night for some refreshments at the Lady Luck. 
But after a short time, he retired back to the Silver Flood. Like I said, he was very into his work at the Morning Glow Tower. He took it very seriously. Do you think he has any enemies? Do you know of anybody that might wish to do him harm? Little old Alvin? No, I couldn't imagine him making any enemies. He is a kind and gentle man, and quite good with his hands, I must say. <laughs> Can I roll something to see if I think she's telling the truth? You okay, roll your insight. I rolled a 19, plus 2, 21. I give her the up and down. You give her the up and down. Mostly up. Uh, with your roll of 21, Esmir, um, you can't get a beat on it, but you feel like she's suddenly uh, a little nervous. So, um, Natsia, you seem a little nervous. Is there something bothering you? Well, my mind is all a flurry from the sudden appearance of three strangers asking me questions about my dearest acquaintance, Alvin. Are you friends of his? Because I haven't seen you around Daggerford before. Are you perhaps from Waterdeep, his hometown? Well, we're just looking into this missing bloke, and he made a copy of it. So we thought we'd talk to him, see if uh, he could shed any light on the matter. Hmm. Yes, I do recall him talking about something like that. About how a certain dwarf had commissioned him to make a copy of it. I don't know any more than that. We didn't do a lot of talking, you know. Perhaps you should ask the dwarf about it. I believe his name was Jack. Yes, Jack Ironfist. Oh my, my stomach is all aflutter with worry. Poor Alvin, what could have happened to him? Please, if you find Alvin, let him know I'm worried sick and to come see me right away. If you see him, do likewise and let us know. Oh, I will. And what's your name, kind sir? And where are you staying? Mm. River Shining Tavern. My name's Colin McGregor. <laughs> oh, I will tell him for sure. I hope we find him soon. I'll be a nervous wreck until we find him. And if there's anything else I can help you find folks with, please don't hesitate to call on me. Yeah, and something else I was wondering. Have you heard about the incident with the guard at the gate yesterday? Oh my, yes. The town guard who viciously attacked the poor refugees? My heart goes out to them. And that guard, I hear he's waiting for the Duke's judgment in the jail. My heart goes out to him also. So unlike him. I couldn't even believe it when I heard who it was. Huh. Did you know him? Oh yes, Gringo. He was another acquaintance of mine, a very nice man, so kind and gentle. I can't believe he had such violent tendencies, but I guess you never know with people what lies underneath. How did you know him? Oh, you know Daggerford is no water deep. Everybody knows everybody. Sometimes we would meet at the Lady Luck for refreshments and conversation. Was he very gentle with you too? Well, you said he was very gentle. I just found well, that he was very gentle, the gentle person. Oh, gentle! He was always very kind very to me and very generous. <laughs> he wasn't one of those. How do you say it? Rough guys. Rough and tough macho guys. 
He was very nice. He was gentle. We got along swimmingly. Gringle? Yes, Gringle. Mm. So when was the last time you saw him? Gringle. Was that last night too? No. How could I be with Gringle last night when he was in the jail? I was with Alvin at the Lady Luck. So let me ask you something. Once you left Alvin, where did you go? Why, I came back here, of course, to my room at the Lizard's Gizzard. Why so many questions about my social interactions? Well, I got one last question for you. Don't you think it's a little strange <laughs> that the man you claim you go with sometimes was found dead this morning? I hate to tell you. <gasps> oh, my stars. <laughs> Do you mean Gringle? Aye, tis true. I'm going to use my insight and see if she's really upset. That one, that one I will definitely uh, roll in on it. Roll insight as well. 16 plus 5, 21. I'm one eyeing her. Strange, isn't it? That he should be dead and Alvin is missing all on the same day. Oh my goodness gracious. What tragic news. Sounds like your world's falling apart here. (laughs) So what do I sense? All right, with a roll of 21. Uh, you get the feeling that she's upset, but not as upset as how she's coming off. You get a sense that she's acting more upset than she really is. And she starts to lay it on thick. I feel faint. I don't know what to do or what to say. What is happening? (laughs) And she covers her eyes and starts to cry, starts to sob. Don't you worry about a thing, little lady. You just go back to work, and, and uh, we'll we'll return. We'll come and, re- and visit you again soon. Very well. Thank you. This has all been so much. I must go lay down. And she turns away, sniffling, and uh, makes her way back upstairs. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe you guys can go talk to the drill got field guys and I could go and I could stake this place out and watch her because I'm th- the only was, person here who's stealthy. Right. I was just going to say somebody needs to keep an eye on this lady and see if she goes out somewhere. Oh, she's going to go somewhere. So, Esmir, you're going to stay here? Or are you just going to hang outside and s- see if you can tailor? We'll, we'll, you- meet her, we'll meet up with her later at the yeah. River Shining Tavern. Okay. So you three head over to the drill field. And there you see many soldiers out training and drilling in a large open field. And you ask around for anyone that knew Grengel. And then you're directed towards a group of soldiers in the field there sparring. Hey, lads. I hear you know this Grengel fella. Yeah, what about him? Terrible shame what happened to him. I, I assume you've heard the news. What news? Well, he's dead. What do you mean he's dead? He's in the jail cell. He hung himself this morning in the cell. What? That's what we heard. That's what we saw. That's what Sherlin told us. Well, who are you guys? And, and why are you here telling us this and asking questions? We're doing some work for Sherlin. She mentioned that you knew Gringle best. We wanted to ask you some questions about him to see if we could get to the bottom of what happened. 
Okay, Cullen, roll me a persuasion check. Persuasion. Nag! 13. Okay. So they're all like, whoa, I, I can't believe it. I mean, it was weird that he flipped out at the gate, but didn't think he would kill himself. Man. Well, wh- what do you guys want to know? So how well did you know him? Uh, pretty well? I mean, was he one of the gang or was he more of a loner? No, we were buds. Yeah, we used to hang out all the time at the Lady Luck Tavern. We'd we'd play Lanceboard together there all the time. And then someone, one of the other guys chimes in. Well, not so much lately. Yeah, he used to, he's going around recently with this woman, Natia, you know her? They kind of give each other like side-eyed glances and they're like, yeah, she's a... A courtesan that he fell head over heels over. We were like, really, man? Come on, you could do better than a lady of the evening. But no, he was just crazy about her. How uh, well do you, how well um, have you come to know Natsia? Well, we don't know her at all. Um, pretty much once he started hanging out with her, he stopped hanging out with us. You know how it is, pulling the Yoko Ono. Gotcha, sir. <laughs> Where is this Yoko Ono from? Some strange line to the east? Well, you talk to them for a little longer, but don't learn anything uh, other than what you already know. So you leave the soldiers and make your way back to the River Shining Tavern to wait for Esmir. And so we'll head back to Esmir. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Okay, so Esmir, you've been hanging around outside the Lizard's Gizzard, keeping an eye out for... Natsia, waiting to see where she might go. And you wait for a while. In fact, the sun is beginning to set when she finally exits the Lizard's Gizzard. And you begin to follow her through the crowd. So go ahead and roll me a stealth check. Okay. 16, 13 plus 3. A 16, okay. Like a stealthy shadow ninja. Okay, you seem to be doing a good job tailing her. You don't think she's noticed you. But soon you get to the edge of the crowds and the buildings, and she crosses the street and heads uh, straight towards the Ducal Castle. And at this point, you stop following her because you'd be spotted out in the open. So you just watch. And she doesn't go into the Morning Glow Tower. No, she heads straight for the castle gate. And you watch as the castle guards just let her in without any hesitation. And she disappears into the castle. And so the sun sets on our hero's first full day in the city of Daggerford. A day of new places and new faces. A day of quests and mysteries that leaves Esmir hot on the tail of suspect number one. But who is this Natsia? And are Elvin and Gringle just quinky dinkies? Does Elric really know his bloke when he sees it? Will Cullen ever learn what planet he's on? And who is Alvin's girlfriend's cousin's sister's friend's cousin's roommate's sister? 
Who knows? Tune in next week to find out on Roll Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. Hope you enjoyed this episode where we met some of the inhabitants of Daggerford and where the players began to investigate some of its mysteries. And I would like to invite you to investigate RollRadio.com, where you can find out more about the show and how to support us. There you'll find a link to our Patreon page, where you can see all the fun extras for our Patreon members. You'll also find a link to Andrew Capone, who composed and produced the Roll Radio theme. And a link to Sirenscape, where all the in-game music and sound effects come from. You want to see how you can bring your RPG to life? Then go click the link. We are playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module, which are properties of Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when our players leave Daggerford and try their hand at freelance mercenary work. <laughs>